0: Hello there. Happy weekend and welcome to the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel with this week's list of five things that you need to know about. We'll start it off with number one, some news that I've been waiting for, and that is President Biden's official pick for CMS administrator. Elizabeth Richter has been the acting administrator since Seema Verma announced her resignation prior to Biden's inauguration. Last Friday, President Biden made the announcement that Chiquita White brooks lashore would be nominated to head up the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. She's a 20-year veteran of the health industry, serving previously as deputy director for policy at the Center for Consumer Information and Insurance Oversight, an agency inside CMS. Brooks Lashore also worked as Director of Coverage Policy at the Department of Health and Human Services. And then before that, she served on the House Ways and Means Committee and also worked on the development of the ACA Health Exchange, HealthCare.gov. If confirmed, Brooks Lashore will be the first African-American woman to lead CMS. Number two, more appointment-related news. This one is for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation. President Biden has picked Liz Fowler to lead the CMMI. She previously served under the Obama administration as the special assistant to former President Obama on health care and economic policy on the National Economic Council. Like CMS admin nominee Brooks LaShore, Fowler also spent time working for the Department of Health and Human Services and was part of efforts to implement the Affordable Care Act. Fowler will not have to be confirmed by Congress, but it's important to note what the CMMI does here because the agency is in charge of payment models. The trend of late is that we're focusing on value-based care models, but whether that trend will continue under the Biden administration remains to be seen. Fierce Healthcare had a write-up on the nomination with commentary from both former CMS admin Seema Verma and CMMI admin nominee Fowler on various payment models in the industry and their takes on what is working. So check out the episode notes for the link to read more on that. Number three. On Wednesday, the FDA released their review of the Johnson & Johnson one-dose COVID-19 vaccine, finding that it was 85% effective when it came to preventing severe illness. The 66% number that you might have been hearing about in reference to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, that number is the efficacy rate when moderate cases were added into the data. Now that clinical trials have wrapped up and the results are in, the FDA could grant emergency authorization of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine as early as this weekend. Officials have been eyeing the Johnson & Johnson vaccine particularly because it is a one-dose vaccine that can be stored in refrigeration for months, as opposed to the vaccines currently offered by Moderna and Pfizer here in the U.S., We'll be linking to a write-up in the Washington Post that dives a bit deeper into the data from the Johnson & Johnson clinical trials. It also addresses the COVID-19 variants that have mutated from the original strain and how they might affect vaccination efforts. Number four, if you're suffering from Zoom fatigue, we've got some tips for you. When you think about video calls in general, they're very different from in-person meetings. Our faces are showcased much closer up. There's that feeling that we need to be looking directly at the camera, yet staring at a camera for the entirety of a meeting feels weird and can come across as awkward, and there's just a lot of internalized anxiety involved with the whole experience. The first tip I'll mention is to position your camera further away and move during the call. So I've got one half of that down because of the placement of my webcam. Mine is on the bottom of my laptop screen, so I've had to elevate it on a stool to get it at an angle that is not totally awkward. You can see what I mean on Instagram. I recently cleaned up my workspace, so I posted a new photo. You can check that out. I'm on Insta as the Sarah J. Rupel, and I would love it if you followed me there as well as here on the podcast. The other half of that tip is to move, and along with this, I do have to say, exercise some caution here and read the room as far as the level of moving around you choose to do. I don't recommend taking your colleagues with you on your morning run. That's probably taking it a bit too far. But if you are used to moving during meetings, standing, pacing as you spitball ideas, then absolutely do that because it probably goes hand-in-hand with getting your creativity flowing. And then the other tip I'll mention here, attend meetings in audio-only mode every now and then to give yourself a break. The key here is not every meeting. Just add in audio-only attendance here and there so you don't feel so forced to be on, so to speak. While it is nice to see faces, to see reactions, And just to be able to see people that we haven't been around in almost a year now, it's okay to be present and fully functioning in a meeting using only your mic and not your webcam. If you're interested in the other tips, we'll have the link to that article in the notes, so check that out after we get through the rest of today's episode. Number five. In response to last week's number five, that item on Microsoft Edge's Kids Mode, On Wednesday this week, YouTube announced something called Supervised Experiences, which gives parental access over a child's YouTube account and allows the parent to choose access to content in three different stages. First up, the Explore stage would have more content available than YouTube Kids and is recommended for kids 9 and up. That would include age-appropriate videos, tutorials, gaming videos, music, news, educational videos, and more. Explore more would be for children 13 and up with more videos and live streams to mirror the categories we just mentioned for the explore stage. The third stage is called most of YouTube, and that includes everything except age-restricted content, so still a step down from full YouTube access from the web, but that will include access to some sensitive topics, so beware of that. Essentially, YouTube has designed a three-tiered stepping stone from YouTube kids to full-fledged YouTube, but if I'm being honest, it's still not what I would like to see as a parent. In my perfect world, I would like the ability to select the channels that my child is allowed to watch, essentially blocking all the rest. Now, I'm realistic that it will not be a free service, and I would certainly pay for the ability to do that, not on the level of YouTube premium, but certainly somewhere in the range of $5 to $15 a month. And I'd even be okay with a cap on channels that would be allowed, the ability to switch those channels out and the like. But I do realize that we're probably a ways away from subscription levels for social media services at that much of a personalized level, but I could certainly see that coming in the future. That being said, though, let's get on to the bonus this week, which is very exciting if you've been missing brunch with friends or family. Duncan has announced that their spring menu includes avocado toast. The slice of sourdough bread will be slathered with avocado spread and sprinkled with a dusting of everything bagel seasoning, which sounds absolutely delightful. And if you're worried about how that will be served, it comes in a box that will prevent the spread from getting smeared or transferred. In addition to avocado toast and in keeping with the theme of green, a glazed donut topped with matcha powder that I'm excited to try. Duncan also announced a grilled cheese melt with or without ham. You choose. As far as drinks, Irish cream-flavored coffee for St. Paddy's Day, obviously. Lots of cold brews. Cold brew with sweet cold foam, chocolate stout cold brew with sweet cold foam, and the Charlie cold foam is coming back. Last but not least, and I'm not sure what color this will end up, I feel like teal would look pretty cool, but it'll probably just end up being green. A blueberry matcha latte, which sounds amazing. I will definitely have to try it. That can either be hot, iced, or frozen. Personally, I prefer my matcha cold, but that's just me. Duncan is definitely coming for spring, and I have to say, I'm intrigued by the matcha offerings. Might have to get those. And the avocado toast, just to try it out. So make sure you're following me on Instagram because I will definitely post those there once I find them and get a chance to sample them. You'll find me at The Sarah J. Rupel and I do post about each episode of the podcast on there as well. It's a good place to follow along if you want to stay updated on all things ASG podcast, But the best way, hands down, is by following or subscribing in the podcast app that you're listening on right now. It doesn't take too long to do it either. Just navigate back to our show listing and tap on the follow or subscribe button. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. We love getting new subscribers. And it lets us know that you like what we're doing here on the podcast. So if you love the Friday Five, let us know. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy, stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Brianna Lowe. Artwork by Nick Smith.